Hey, what's going on? Thanks for tuning in to the Wang Bang Podcast, everyday commentary by everyday people. Now, I'm really excited to tell you about my awesome experience doing a Spartan race in Las Vegas. But before we get started, I want to just let you know what's coming down the pipeline. As we approach the release of Marvel's Infinity War, look out for an episode about the successes of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as well as the recently released Netflix series Jessica Jones. Also, if all goes well, look out for a very special episode where Jeff and I take stabs at stand-up comedy. Stay tuned. And now on to today's episode, My Life as a Spartan. Madness. This is Sparta! Hey, what's going on, Wang Bangers? This is your host, Emil Wang, and we have a very special episode today. Recently, I decided to challenge myself and push my body to the limits and participate in a Spartan race. Now, for those of you who know me or even seen a picture of me before, you would know that physical specimen is probably not the first thing that would come to your mind when you think of me. But to tell the whole story of how I ended up doing this Spartan race, I need to bring in my very good friend, my inspiration, a previous contributor to the podcast, the infamous, okay, now wait for it, the Spartan Nguyen. How's it going, man? <laughs> oh, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on your show again. This whole uh, Spartan training thing has been something that I've been thinking about the past three months, and uh, you know, I've finally got through it, and uh, I figured it'd be it'd be good for us to talk about it because both of us approached it from kind of different angles, and both of us came out of it with different experiences, and I wanted to talk about it. So I'm glad to have you on. Thank you again for having me. I, I think this is a, a great experience as well, and a lot more people start participating in it as well. Yeah, definitely. So for those of you who don't know, um, and I'm going to start off with my understanding of the Spartan race before I did it. Without knowing much about the Spartan race, I I kind of just assumed that it was just another obstacle course with a little bit of running involved. Um, I personally have done one of those wipeout runs before. Dan, I don't know if I even told you this, but... Uh, there was a wipeout run in the Bay Area maybe three or four years ago that I did with my brother and his friends. And that one isn't so much um, – doesn't really involve too much strength. I think it's more of a balance thing. And, they, you know, you, you climb through some mud pits. You do a slip and slide. You try to balance on these big bouncy balls. So really going into the Spartan race, I, I thought that it was actually just going to be more or less that with, you know, with a rope climb involved. And that was it. <laughs> Um, clearly that wasn't the case and I really didn't know what I was signing up for <laughs> until after I paid the money and bought the tickets to go down to Las Vegas. And I was like, holy shit, this is, this is a lot more than what I thought it would be. So Tan, I, I think you could probably do a better job of explaining what exactly the Spartan race is. Uh, you never told me that you did a wipeout, uh, events before. And I think that's very cool sounding. I am a little shocked that you didn't know much more about the Spartan race because that shockingly ignorant, I would say, <laughs> uh, about the uh, Spartan race. Uh, you know, first of all, the word Spartan it seems to hint, I think, at uh, how intense it might be. 
But having said that, I don't think that we need to be, you know, 300 looking men <laughs> from that movie. And, <laughs> and that's something that, of course, freaks out a lot of people. Uh, so you're right. The Spartan race is an obstacle course race. I think that's core. That's what it is. And this particular race is set in a nature setting of some sort. So while we flew to Las Vegas for this race, it was actually somewhere in the middle of the Las Vegas, the Nevada and Arizona border. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that another competitor of the Spartan race would be the Tough Mudder, also an obstacle course race. We run through some nature setting and there's some obstacles along the way that we have to complete. And another way to be the American Ninja Warrior TV show. Uh, they are obstacle courses, of course, and we have to complete that in a set amount of time, uh, though that one is not in a nature setting. Uh, so Spartan Race is all part of this world in which there is obstacles, and it's a race. So obstacle course racing is a good way to uh, describe it. In my mind, I kind of pictured the douchey CrossFit bros that would be doing this. So when you first told me you were getting into this, I was like, oh, man, Tan, like, come on. Yes, uh, I mean, if anyone's ever seen a picture of me, I am the least bro-looking person <laughs> you can imagine. And you know, it's—I think it's very true. If we look at the promotional videos of the Spartan races and go on YouTube and even Google this uh, this race, uh, we'd find that there's always going to be a very buff guy without a shirt or a very buff woman who is stronger than both of us combined. <laughs> running around looking very tough and i think that that freaks out a lot of people yeah uh and i think that's part of their brand yeah no, nobody's gonna want to go to an event where the promotional posters has like you know a photo of me and my like skinny ass trying to lift a tire or anything so i i, I can guess why they would brand it you know brand it like that and you you were honestly one of the i think one of the first people that i'm close to that i've actually done it so uh, I mean, kudos to you, and and you you had done one before the one that we, me and you did together, right? Yes, this uh the one in Las Vegas that we did together was my second one. I did mm-hmm. one uh several months back, uh in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Right, and that was a that was a sprint, not a super or a or a beast, right? Right, right. Uh, so sprint in the world of Spartan is uh is a race term and uh, it describes how long their races are uh, so when we sign up for a spartan race we either sign up for a sprint a super or a beast uh, a sprint is three to five miles 20 to 23 obstacles that we have to complete a super is eight to ten miles long 24 to 29 obstacles and then finally the beast which is 12 to 14 miles 30 to uh, 35 obstacles I don't think I can even run eight to ten miles straight. I like, let alone do another thirty obstacles on top of that. It's, well, I don't this... know because I, you know when we go to Disneyland, I'm pretty sure we walk about eight to ten miles in the whole day. That's true. That's true. But I, I think walking isn't quite the same as you know running and um, you know some. And, and we'll get into these obstacles. But it it wasn't just running like on a flat ground or on a treadmill. We, you know, there was some kind of a little bit of terrain involved, if you will. So um, true. True. So you've mentioned that that you did one Spartan Sprint earlier in the year. What motivated you to get involved with this in the first place? So uh, it goes back actually several years, and uh, it's kind of the 
ultimately the realization that I am getting older and I would like to, you know, still stay active. Uh, you know, I am over 30 and, you know, 10 years ago when I was in my 20s, exercising was very easy. You know, bef- you know, even in my high school times, I was playing tennis competitively and then in college, going out, finding people to play basketball with was very, very easy and going to the gym from time to time to work out. Also very advantageous, especially since I was perpetually single. Uh, but you know, as you know, I creep into my late twenties and I'm entering my thirties. I, I realize that it's harder to find people to play basketball with. It's uh, not so motivating to go to the gym so I can do X number of reps of this type of motion of my arm or my leg or whatever. And I really wanted to find a way to be healthy. At some point, I discovered the Spartan race and. I said, well, why not? Let's, let's see what happens. Working hard to f- get a medal at the very end of a race and no matter what color it is, is, is very motivating rather than just saying, oh wow, let me try to lift this 150 pound weight above my head, which I, I, I will never be able to do. What you say about, you know, developing like a, a good habit of exercise and you know, keeping yourself in shape, realizing the importance of that. I, I think that is a good thing and any kind of motivation to do that, uh, Beyond just, you know, hey, it, it's good for you, I, I think is a good idea. Um, and, and that was partly one of the reasons why I wanted to do it. Um, I, I've said this before. Physically, I'm not super motivated. I, I go to the gym 12 times a month because my insurance company will give me $20 back if I, uh, if I can prove I showed up at the gym 12 times a month. So that's, that's not really hardcore exercise whenever I go. So I think recognizing that I did have to somewhat train for this event and I'll go into the training shortly, but recognizing that I had to do that was a little bit of an extra push to, to take my exercises just a little bit more seriously. That the other reason why I want to do this was because, you know, Tan, you had said so many good things about it that you, you had a, uh, you had a really good time doing the first one. You know, any, anything that you're willing to do, I think I'm, uh, I'm down to do as well. As long as I know I'm not going to die and, you know, Hey, you're a doctor, so who better than who better than you to to, to be doing a Spartan race with? So uh, I wasn't too worried, and I felt like I was in good hands. I definitely guarantee to everyone who joined me that they would not die. So secretly, <laughs> I did not know if I could keep that promise. <laughs> I, I think in some of the obstacles, I cut it close, but we'll get into that. So training leading up to this, I mean, I, before you know, I, I mentioned this earlier that. My my workouts consist of 20 minutes of cardio, uh, most of the time on the treadmill. If I really want to push myself, I'll, I'll get onto the stair climbing machine, which, to be honest, is no joke. I mean, it's like climbing 100 flights of stairs in 20 minutes. It's it's actually kind of hard to do. So I always felt like you know doing that was you know was pretty good for my own physical fitness. Uh, you know, the cardio is probably the most important thing for people our age and. Uh, even day to day, you know, my job requires me to be out on construction sites and Seattle is, is more of a public transportation sort of town. So there is a lot of walking inherently just to get to and from work. So I kind of felt like I was already somewhat fit. Um, but to challenge myself and in preparation for this, for this race, I upped my workouts to 20 minutes of cardio plus one weightlifting exercise each time I was at the gym. So whether that was uh, using the pull-up bar or 
uh, doing dips or doing chest presses or, or doing sets of burpees. Uh, I felt like I was, you know, I was prepping myself pretty well with that just extra 10 minutes of uh, weightlifting each time I went, which in hindsight probably was not enough. But at the time, it was it was a step in the right direction. You know, I I think you're giving yourself a little too less credit. I think that's I think that's really really good. You know, most of us don't have a lot of time. Uh, the world is very busy. Our personal lives are very busy, and being committed to exercising just a little more each time is uh, is very commendable. And I really do think that is very helpful in completing a Spartan race. Well, I think my workouts are have to go from you know 30 minutes to probably an hour, hour and a half each time. But even staying at the gym, the extra 10 minutes was like it was like pulling teeth, right? I. I and to think that, you know, if I go home 10 minutes earlier, what am I really going to do, right? I'm just going to pop on Netflix and start chatting with, you know, with <laughs> with you. So <laughs> so really, I mean, the extra 10 minutes that I can dedicate to to working out really isn't that much of a, a loss in, on my life in the grand scheme of things. But for whatever reason, you know, committing that extra 10 minutes felt, felt like hard enough. I... I can't imagine committing the extra half hour now um, to doing it. But how about you? I mean, I, I know you you definitely took this a lot more seriously than I did. How did you train? So I benefit from knowing uh, what a Spartan sprint or a Spartan race is like. Uh, so I, you know, I, I definitely made time to train a little a little more than uh, I guess the average person. Uh, you know, again, when I was in my twenties, you know, my workouts would be. It basically the same, you know. Well, maybe I'll go to the gym a little bit and, and lift some weights, and and maybe I'll think about, you know, doing a jog on the treadmill or something like that. And as again, as I creeped into my 30s, I kind of thought to myself, maybe I shouldn't be lifting weights anymore. And that's primarily because I never really knew how to lift weights to begin with. You know, I just kind of peek over at the uh, steroided guy who was doing whatever he was doing, and I said, "Oh, I'm gonna try to do that with, you know." A tenth of the weight he's doing, <laughs> yeah. and that's how I would, you know, live my gym life uh, in the in my twenties. Uh, so, you know, with the Spartan race, a lot of it is, you know, it, there's very few weights there. They make you do random stuff like climb up a rope or carry this, you know, bucket of rocks a certain amount of, of uh, distance. So what I did was I thought to myself, okay, I don't want to do weights anymore. Uh, let me see if I can do something else with just my own body weight, which happens to be a type of uh, exercise called calisthenics. And a lot of that is you know, doing push-ups, doing pull-ups, doing uh, crunches, uh, a lot of things that only require your, your own body weight to uh, be the resistance. And, you know, I was very into that because, one, I didn't want to do weights, and, two, I, I watched the uh, CW hit TV shows Arrow and – Everyone knows that. Shout out to Stephen Amell and the Salmon Ladder. Yes, yeah, I, and I I aspire for that. You know, on top of getting a shiny medal. Uh, so, you know, I do all those things. A lot of it is at my local park, uh, and of course, those uh, monkey bars and things like that are geared towards children. So, you know, I definitely have to be sure that the parents of those four and five year olds don't think I'm a creep, and you know, I gotta slowly go in and take my turn. Uh, or you got to make sure that you don't have a boner when you're out there. That, that's that's what I meant exactly. 
Yeah, no, it's just much of that, and it's it's actually much easier if you do it uh, in the morning or uh, you know towards the evening time where the kids are saying, "Oh, look, that creep tan is coming out, so better go home." You know, it's, it's much easier. You have more more to yourself when you go to local park at the times. When you have a reputation at the park. Yeah, that was my that was a, that's what I did to work on my arms. Uh, for my legs, uh, traditionally, like any bro, I I don't work on my legs. And uh, I realized that uh, – oh, so for me, I actually aspire to complete a Spartan Beast, uh, the 13-mile uh, race. Uh, and I did sign up for one in September later this year. And so what I thought to myself was, well, 13 miles, that's that's really crazy. That's like a marathon. And so I figured I should train like I'm in a marathon. And I you know, went online, Googled some training regimens for marathon. And uh, basically, they say you should run three times a week, uh, X a number of miles, and then uh, one time in the weekend, run a longer route. Uh, so, for example, uh, this past week, uh, they said run three miles three times a week and then run six miles on this weekend. So uh, usually my running days are Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in the morning. Uh, I have to wake up very early for this. Uh, so I actually wake up around 4.20 a.m. just to do this. Uh, and then yesterday I, I ran six miles. Uh, when I do the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday morning running, it's just around my local uh, neighborhood. Uh, very quiet. No one's bothering me. Uh, and I just do my thing and I go take a shower. When I go on the longer runs, six miles, seven miles, whatever it is, uh, it's usually in a nature setting, uh, kind of like a nature trail that I go to at my local uh, state park. Uh, that's pretty intense, dude. And and on top of the running, you you still have to continuously train for the obstacles. And also cold showers. I, I remember you mentioned that uh, one of your tactics of preparation was the cold, was just taking cold showers, right? Uh, yes, that that actually was just simply because when I look into the uh, weather for the Las Vegas Sprint, uh, I realized that it could get cold. Uh, in like the middle of Arizona in springtime. And so I thought to myself, man, how am I supposed to train for that? And so I thought to myself, let me just take cold showers. And initially it was very, very hard. You know, I just, you know, it took me a long time to, to endure like 0.5 seconds of a, of a cold shower. Uh, but now, you know, slowly, slowly you build into it. And now I actually take all my showers, uh, ice cold and it's, it's very, very nice. Helen thinks I'm extremely weird, and I recognize that it is kind of odd. But it actually works out very, very nicely. Well, that's good. I mean, uh, it seems like there was a lot of good preparation on your end that went into this. Uh, So we flew down to Vegas a couple days before the the big event, if you will. Uh, What did you do in the days leading up to the race? I mean, it it was a little bit – hard for both of us because we were down there with our families. So we couldn't live the days just prepping for the Spartan race. But what would you end up doing the day before? I mean, for me, I took it easy. I, uh, you know, my family was, uh, my parents were very fascinated by the concept of going to Las Vegas and not doing anything in Las Vegas. So mm-hmm. they wanted to come and they've never heard of Spartan racing either. Mm-hmm. I did convince my two sisters and my wife, Helen to go. And join and run with us as well, and so it became a family affair. And we, you know, flew into Vegas uh, the day before, did, mostly did shopping, and you know, had a nice dinner. I ate a lot of French fries to carb load, and 
and that was basically it. Also bought you your uh, workout gloves because yep. you were way too cool to do any of that. Exactly. Yeah, I, I send my uh, I send my slaves to buy me my clothes. And yeah, actually, my my day before the my day before the race ended up being a lot busier than I would have liked. Uh, so I ended up coming to Vegas with Michelle, my wife Michelle, uh, and her family. Her parents actually met us up there. So. It had been a really long time since her parents had been to Vegas, uh, so we, we tried to make the best of it, went to a couple of casinos, got some gambling out of the way, uh, and we also worked in a, uh, a drive to Death Valley, um, which, side note, if you ever visit Las Vegas, uh, Death Valley is only a two-hour drive away, and it is very, very cool to see. Uh, granted, you want to go there during the springtime when the weather's nicer, but it's definitely worth the visit. Uh, we did it in a day, uh, and then we also uh, hit up a buffet, which was a good time. There I uh, carb-loaded on spaghetti and meatballs, which I think my parents would probably kill me for, for uh, <laughs> spending money to go to a seafood buffet and end up eating fucking spaghetti and meatballs. But <laughs> did, didn't touch, didn't eat much of the crab, but hey, I had a carb load. So I uh, did, did some of that, and then at nighttime I went out and caught up with some of my friends uh, that, that I knew back from, the, back from my old uh, Vegas days. So I ended up sleeping probably only four hours the night before the race, <laughs> and then I had to wake up early to drive the hour and a half to Mesquite um, on my own. So not going to lie, I wasn't in the best, uh, the best shape <laughs> before this race. I mean, not that that would have made that much of a difference for my results, but – uh, I, I think that was one of the challenges about doing a race in Vegas on a Sunday when, uh, you know, you, you're trying to do all these other things that the days leading up to it. And, uh, the race, unfortunately kind of became an afterthought for me, but, but anyway, onto the race itself, you know, lucky for me the the night before, uh, I, I had a little bit of time to study, um, the full breakdown of the race that Dan had so kindly sent out. Uh, the full breakdown included a YouTube clip of each of the uh, each of the obstacles. So I skimmed through them, watched some of them, and, and kind of thought that they weren't too, they didn't look too hard. Let's put it that way. They didn't look too hard when you when you're watching it in the comfort of your of your room and not really thinking that hey. You're not just doing each one of these individually you know, when you're when you're fully fresh. You don't you don't jump into this after a full eight hours of sleep. You are doing each of these obstacles one by one over the course of three hours. So I I definitely approached it the wrong way. <laughs> I, I mean, I also essentially thought that way too. You know, I was putting together all the YouTube videos for uh, everyone who was running the race uh, with you and me. So it was really for my sister who was very freaked out about uh, doing this race. And when I was, you know, putting together YouTube videos and I was thinking, oh, cool, look at this rope climb. Look at this Olympus wall. Look at these hurdles. Very cool. It very, seems to be very easy to me. And I also did not comprehend, even though I did one before, that it will be something that we do sequentially over the span of three to five miles. And that, of course, will take its toll on our bodies. Yeah, definitely. Let's, I I think for the listeners, it'd actually be kind of cool to talk through, uh, at least some of these obstacles that we had to deal with. Um, like we said earlier, it is a three to four mile run and 
my impression was that first hour was actually kind of easy. You know, easy in the sense that I, there was only one obstacle in the first hour out of the first, I would say, maybe eight or nine that, that I couldn't do. Um, and that was just the rope climb. But everything else was a lot of climbing over walls, climbing over poles, um, a sandbag carry, uh, rolling mud. We had to dive into a, a pit of mud and dunk our head underwater. Uh, all of that seemed relatively straightforward. Um, it was cold. It, it, that was one thing that I definitely wasn't prepared for was when we had to jump into the mud pit, the, the cold really, really shocked me. And one thing that I realized kind of later down in the op- later down in the sprint was that that cold drained me really, really fast. I, I think just the, the shiver, all the shivering and, and just the, the mental pain that came with it really, really wore me down. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think the uh, initial 10 obstacles, of course, were uh primarily simply to i think uh wear us down if we didn't have the endurance uh you might remember that there was like this huge hill that we had to go up and that that hill actually is i think meant for dirt bike racing like you know you have a dirt bike and you like run up that or ride up that hill and for us we actually had to elevate and walk up that altitude of like whatever a thousand feet or whatever it was of uh of elevation and then go down uh so i think that was the big thing uh you know my sisters also complained that the kind of the mud dunking was very very demoralizing and and that's true like there's like they they created this pit of mud and uh it's it's all dirty water or muddy water and there was a wall uh right in the middle of this pit and you had no choice but to go under the wall because there was barbed wire above the wall. Uh, and it's surprisingly for me, I actually wasn't bothered at all. It's like, oh, cool. This is very fun, very nice. I'm all muddy, you know, ha, ha, ha. And, you know, got to say, must have been the cold showers. Cold showers <laughs> were, were essential. Yeah, definitely. And, and I remember when things started getting harder was right after that what, that quote unquote dunk wall, that that mud dunk wall that we had to submerge ourselves to go in mud to go under this wall. Right after that, the next obstacle was we had to climb this um, what they called the slip wall, which was a a wall that was built. I, I would say about it uh, like six. Would you say sixty degrees maybe or forty five degrees? I, I can't really remember. Uh, sixty six degrees sounds about right. I don't think it was forty five. Yeah, it, it was pretty tough, and they had a rope from the top that you would – you basically had to pull yourself up on the rope and just kind of walk your legs up that wall. Well, part of the challenge was, you know, your shoes are already kind of slippery. The wall, is mu- uh, the wall is muddy, so you don't really have a very good grip. So I think people were saying that you had to tilt your body back almost perpendicular to that uh, to that incline for you to get – to be able to, you know, walk your way up. And that was kind of the first obstacle that you know people started large groups of people started struggling with. I somehow was able to get over and actually I ended up helping someone over because some girl got to the top and I just remember seeing this look in her eyes that she was she was like, Oh my god, I, I need help. And she like whimpered, she's like, I like help help i was like oh shit so like i did like me and another dude I, each of us like I grabbed her leg and grabbed her arm and almost just pulled her over the top of the wall 
because once you get to the top of these walls, and, and this is kind of a, uh, a continuous thing throughout uh, throughout the later obstacles in the race. Whenever you climb a wall, getting to the top is difficult, but one of the scariest things at the top is swinging your leg over. I think that's it's a very unnatural motion that people aren't used to doing. So when you when you swing your leg over, if if you don't know how to stabilize yourself, you you actually do risk falling down, like falling off the top of the wall. So I, I think most people that that kind of gave up at the top were were probably more, I would say, a little more scared about about how they would get over, and, and then not so much wasn't a, a physical thing. Um, but I, I remember also on that uh, on that obstacle, some dude uh, like slipped and fell and like broke his collarbone or something. And, oh, and wow. your yeah, your mom actually has a photo of that guy. Like oh, in wow. the, yeah, yeah. If you go through it, like, and by the way, Tan's mom is an awesome photographer. She took a bunch of photos of us doing these obstacles. So, um, going through the album later, I remember seeing that it, this Asian dude who was who looked pretty fit, like he just, just fell, and then he, he he gets up holding his uh, shoulder or something. And then I remember this guy coming around the little pyramid thing and being like, "Yeah, I, I think I broke my collarbone. I I gotta I gotta call it quits." Wow. So I was like, holy shit, yeah. I, like, that's the first uh, realization. I was like, holy shit, the Spartan thing's no joke. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah the, it's, uh, it is very difficult, that slip wall. You know, we, we all of us went underneath uh, the muddy uh, pit and uh, came out shivering. And, of course, there's this wall, and it is it is quite high. I would say that we actually had to go six degree up. It probably was on the second story of a, of a normal building and uh the only way to get to the top of course is you know pulling ourselves up with a rope and being shivering and uh, a million other people are going up the wall freezing it's it, it is very difficult and my sister also slipped as well and as you mentioned she all all that all it took was her fear she did not know how to swing her legs over over the edge to get to the apex one other thing about that, like swinging your leg over that top, is it's such an unnatural motion that like it, my leg started cramping. I, I guess we had done it a couple times already when you're when we're climbing those, you know, the five foot, the seven foot, or the eight foot wall or whatever it was. Like I had swung my leg over a couple times already, and that was that was kind of rough on the uh, rough on the hips or hip flex or whatever it is, and something started cramping right after that. Uh, that uh that so-called slip wall and little did i know we had we had only finished maybe a third of the race <laughs> it was a quarter of the race at that point uh, oh shit all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah and after that everything just went downhill from there um but the next one was the olympus wall which i could only describe as uh as bouldering without footholds to actually put your feet into you had to almost grasp these these nubs with your hands and then somehow press your feet against the wall perpendicularly and then just kind of uh almost swing your arms around along the uh along the face of a wall to get to the other end and that uh, that was impossible for me i i I know tan you you were able to do it (laughs) which was wildly impressive but i mean i I definitely saw a lot of uh, competitors just kind of look at it try it for maybe once and then give up and then do burpees instead yeah actually i think you described it really really well uh it's it is bouldering uh, essentially and uh 
Yeah, definitely at where our legs are, there is, there is no grip for our legs. There's nothing to put our our feet on except the the actual wall itself. And the wall is also slanted. I, I would I would say also 60 degrees. And so essentially we are hanging where the uh, grips for the hands are, but with the feet there are definitely no grips at all. And the trick, of course, is again to keep our feet perpendicular uh, to the wall, which really just bends our hips really, really uh, more than we usually do in, in modern uh, in modern seats. Mm-hmm. And that, that, of course, is, is very difficult. And, and that was actually the first obstacle that I, I saw people legitimately helping each other out. I, I know you and your sisters, uh, you were helping your sisters with this, where you would you would go underneath them and basically ho- hold them up with your shoulders, right? Like basically go, get under their butts and and hold them up with your shoulders to help kind of guide them, right? So they wouldn't they wouldn't fall and they would be able to pull themselves across. Um, <laughs> you tried doing that with me, and I, I think a couple of a uh, couple feet in, I, like I slipped and my and my nuts ended up in your face. <laughs> So I was like, I, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought you could have done it. You know, uh, so definitely they allowed uh, people to help each other. And so uh, it's, of course, very difficult to traverse a incline wall if uh, if we only have hand grips and nothing for our feet. And so you're allowed to have someone, I guess, help you uh, go uh, go across the wall if you just kind of support their, their buttocks and, you know, in my career, I see a lot of buttocks, a lot of nuts, and you know, <laughs> it's all clinical for me. I had no problems. Uh, I personally I thought that you know, if you weren't willing to do in public what we do in private, anyways, then that's on you. Well, I was a little shy, so <laughs> and I just started laughing, and I it was, uh, and I think by then, like my forearms were, were killing me, and. and you know, this is another thing that I realized about myself is my forearm strength is is pretty crappy. And had I gotten down the proper technique to to traverse Mount Olympus, maybe I wouldn't have needed so much of my forearm strength. But uh, by by then, I was like, oh, I, I can't do this anymore. So I gave up like a wimp and uh, did my did my thirty burpees and uh, moved on. And I, I probably didn't even do my own thirty burpees. I'm sure your sisters <laughs> ended up helping me because. They're such cool people. <laughs> I mean, we were all helping each other. Right? I, I don't think at any point did I do a full 30 burpees when I needed to do my burpees. Everyone helped each other out in our team. And I, and I really liked that. It was it was a very good experience to to do that together. Yeah, definitely. That, that's why going in with a team's a, a good idea for sure. Uh, moving on to the infamous spear throw. This, this is kind of more of a... Uh, not really something you can practice uh, on your own. It's just kind of a... A hokey thing, I guess, where you, where you have a spear and you launch it at a hay target, and if you get it to actually stick in, you uh, you don't you, do the burpees. You don't I do like the burpees, burpees exactly. But uh, if you suck like me and you're trying to throw it wildly, basically the back end of my spear ended up hitting the target. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's just one of those things. You know, it's a Spartan race, so of course Spartans throw spears. Um, yeah. So there you go. <laughs> I, I definitely did 30 burpees there. We 
Yeah, we all did. Yeah, I think we all did. Yeah, and we all had multiple tries, too. I think each of us tried two or three times, and all to no avail. And the whole time, I think I only, we only saw that one dude actually get it, which was pretty impressive. It was, it's very cool, definitely, when we see someone actually complete it. Yeah, and the target, I mean, it's not like you're throwing it at like a target that's five feet away. I, I would say it was a good 20, 20 feet away, maybe 30 feet away. Yeah, it was, it was pretty far. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. It, I mean, the the hay target is quite large too, so it's mm-hmm. it's really just do you know how to throw a spear? Which yeah, yeah. Can, can you yeah? Can you throw a spear with a pointing end, still pointing in the same direction after after ten yards or whatever? That's really what the challenge is. And I would say ninety five percent of people who did the Spartan race were not able to do that. So. Definitely didn't feel bad about myself, but that was another uh, another thirty burpees that we had to do. And, and by the way, I, I I don't think I made this clear earlier on the episode, but for any obstacle that we were not able to do, um, the punishment was thirty burpees. So <laughs> um, I, I remember the Hercules hoist. That was the next one where I, I don't know how heavy those sandbags were, but we basically had to pull a uh, pull a sandbag up using with a rope basically and yeah yeah it's it's basically that there's a sandbag it's very heavy and we're supposed to pull on a rope that is uh going to lift this sandbag up uh i don't know two or three stories and then we're supposed to allow it to come down in a controlled manner if we drop it and there's a loud thud then of course that is 30 burpees and if we cannot hoist it up then of course that's 30 burpees uh and I remember for myself that uh, I did that pretty easily uh, in my previous Spartan race. I had no worries about it. And then when I got here, it was really, really difficult. And I, I thought to myself, wow, did I do the women's uh, weight last, <laughs> last time? And that's why it's so hard now because I'm actually doing what I'm supposed to do? Uh, or am I just so tired? And to tell you the truth, it probably was both. I probably did the women's weight last time. And so I, I definitely struggled mightily. For that uh, hoist. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really hard, and I, I I actually was able to get it. I would say maybe three or four feet from the top, but I, I was just so beat. And and the funny thing is, it's not like you're pull you're not hoisting this up from a standing position, right? I, I guess if you were really really strong, you you could be doing it, but um, everybody is like using any ounce of leverage they can everybody's like basically laying on the floor with their legs against a wall just using their legs to try to like you know as uh i guess a leverage point to yes like yeah lock yeah. your body in so you can just kind of pull this pull the ropes in so it, it definitely looks pretty hilarious uh that just, there's just all these dudes lying flat on the ground trying to like hoist these sandbags up but uh I, I was actually able to get it up a, a lot higher than I thought I would, but yeah, there was no way I would have been able to to let it down in a controlled manner. Like I, not only could I not get it all the way to the top, I actually just I just let it go because I I couldn't do it. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely at that point, it was just how many more burpees do we need to do because we're, <laughs> we're not completing very many more obstacles. Yeah, exactly. And then the next one was the twister, which I think was even harder. Like it was like right after we had to hoist these giant ass sandbags up, we had to get on this. I, I don't even know how to describe it. Like a modified monkey bar exercise. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, so we can imagine that there are uh, monkey bars and we, you know, we traverse a, a monkey bar. Uh, but these monkey bars were actually, uh, on a kind of rotational 
uh, pipe. So anytime we grab the next rung for this twister, it would twist. And so we actually had to be able to uh, control our weight and essentially be on one side or however we want to do it. Uh, but whenever we traverse the next rung, the whole contraption would rotate, and that added another layer of complexity to complete the task. Uh, yeah, it put a lot of stress on the forearms. Is, is... Yeah, I, I was actually looking forward to this uh, this uh, obstacle very greatly because uh, I was doing a lot of pull-ups, and uh, I, I thought I could do it. Uh, but unfortunately for me, that the sheer act of jumping the six inches to get to the first rung actually cramped up my calf. And, and I remember thinking, oh, no worries. I don't need my calves for this anyways. I'll deal with this afterwards. And so I, I went for the next rung and my calf <laughs> cramped up even harder. And so I fell to the ground like a wimp and I crawled <laughs> to the end. <laughs> Yeah, I remember I seeing you crawl up. up. I was like, "What is what is he doing?" Like, but it was it was really scary because I remember you you jumped up and then you you uh, I just saw your body almost go limp and you just let go, and then and then you pulled yourself out of the pit helplessly. I was like, "Oh man, is, is that is that what's going to happen to me?" So I jumped up. I did one. and I was like, "Fuck this!" <laughs> and I dropped it and and I didn't crawl out. I was able to I was able to walk out under my own legs at least <laughs> with a little bit of dignity. Just kidding. <laughs> and then and then I remember like crawling out because of course I couldn't stand up. My leg was cramping. And by the time I uh, I got to the end, uh, I saw that there was this woman who was dressed like Lara Croft completing the the twist. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, who is this woman who is she's taking the sprint so casually that she, she's thinking, oh, let me just dress up for it so I can. No, yeah, she literally had like gun holsters and yes. like yeah. <laughs> it was it, honestly it was kind of douchey, but I, I don't call girls douchey very often, but kind of douchey. But hey, she kicked ass. I mean, she was she was a very very fit girl who was yeah. capable of doing this while we were on the side doing our burpees. So. And then the, so the, after this twister one, after we got our burpees done and Tan was able to recover a bit, uh, we came up upon the vertical cargo uh, obstacle, which I think was the most deceptively hard obstacle on, on the in the race. It was a uh, it was a platform that I would say was eye level for me, so about five about five foot five in the air uh about yeah about yeah. five foot five off the ground and all you had to do was jump up on the platform and pull yourself like just basically be able to pull yourself on the platform so when i looked at it i was like oh that's gotta be easy and i saw these two really fit white dudes try and do it and they just they, they couldn't do it and ended up falling flat on their backs i was like 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 what is going on what's wrong with these people so i tried it and the moment I lifted off the ground to jump, like my legs cramped, <laughs> and I just fell. Like I, I, I couldn't, I could not get up on top of that platform. It was, it was impossible. And, and I wish I could get videos of what exactly this this obstacle looks like because describing it doesn't really do it justice. Yeah, and again, I think it has a lot to do with our uh, the sequential matter of all these obstacles. By that time, we had uh, traversed probably, I don't know, either two-thirds or three-quarters of the race, and we're all tired. We're all exhausted. I cramped up at the twister, and we're at this 
uh, obstacle where all you have to do is jump up onto the platform, which you're about right. It is about eye level. And if this was the first obstacle, no problem, no big deal. Uh, I, my left, no, my right calf had cramped up two obstacles before that. And I thought to myself, oh, let me just jump with my left calf. And of course that cramped up <laughs> when I did the jump. <laughs> but yeah, you were, you, you were able to get up though, right? Uh, with a lot of pain. But yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So after that was the river run, which, was a what a, about a would you say a quarter mile walk upstream or so? Yeah, something like that. Uh, I remember coming out of that being really exhausted, and we had to go straight into the barbed wire crawl, which was about I would say at least fifty yards. Is that? Do you think that's fair? Probably. It, it was. It was less? much longer than I anticipated. I I really thought it was going to be you know three barbed wires and you go in there and go ha ha cool done but. We were crawling for a long time. It felt like a really long time. And I remember there was this chick behind me who was like super fit. I think she was actually trying to get a legitimately good time who was just always like at my ankles basically. Like she was like climbing, like right behind me and I would have to stop a couple times to get a breather. And then I look behind her and she'd be like giving me the death stare. I'd be like, oh shit, like I keep on going. <laughs> and then what also ended up happening was I was wearing shorts over my, uh, my compression leggings and those kept on falling down too. So I'd have to like stop and pull them up and then like keep on going. And I mean, l- yeah, luckily, you know, I, I had the, the compression clothing underneath was, you know, didn't reveal anything, but uh yeah. Had I gone into this race with just, just regular shorts on, like my shorts definitely would have pulled down and I would have been like mooning everybody. <laughs> then she wouldn't be death staring at you. She'd be yeah, very yeah. <laughs> Exactly. It'd be worth it. But... Oh, and, and, <laughs> and then the next one was the Yokohama tire flip, which I have no idea how, regular people are able to do that because it took the two of us to lift it yeah it's it's these huge tires that are uh, you know they're they're meant for like tractors and uh you know on television it looks very cool i i agree with you i have no idea how an individual person does this on it on their own yeah uh, and you know i definitely at that point did not want to do any more burpees and so you know one person had to flip the tire twice so, you know, I I wanted to do the tire flip four times with you, Emil, so that we could just avoid any more Yeah. Movies. Well, the, the race wraps up with just a, another uh, kind of monkey bar uh, ring uh, ring swing, I guess you would call it, and then uh, climbing an A-frame structure and then the fire drum. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, going back and looking at all these obstacles, like out of the, how many did we have? 23 like there were probably eight of them i couldn't do so yeah definitely definitely room for improvement (laughs) and honestly when i when we got to the end i i felt i felt so good i like even though i wasn't able to do all the obstacles i felt like i definitely had accomplished something I, i definitely had pushed myself uh harder than i had ever done in my life physically um you know which isn't saying much because i don't oftentimes challenge myself but uh it, it was a good feeling yeah definitely no I, I agree i think you know towards the end the last uh three events uh or obstacles we had to do we were closer to the finish line and of course at that point we're at the main spectator area and there's like a dj playing music and it's very festive 
uh, lights and sounds, and uh, you know, I was definitely pumped to, and ready to see. Oh man, we, we finished, and I, I had a I had a great time. Yeah, and one of the coolest things that, about this whole experience is it's nice. It's very rare that you have a bunch of strangers that are together that are actually encouraging each other. And, uh, you know, and helping each other out, right? I mean, you know, you can go to sports events all the time and, you know, you're all cheering for the same team, which is a nice feeling. But to actually be out there uh, encouraging each other and helping each other achieve their goals, I, I think is is a pretty remarkable feeling that really you don't. You don't experience so much on a day-to-day basis, but that's yeah. No, I, I agree. <laughs> that's with that. a different I, kind of story. You know, like the whole again, if we look at all the promotional videos for Spartan Racing, it, they're always advertising the very fit people who are trying to compete against each other for uh, for prize money and sponsorship. But for the average person like you and me, the Spartan Race is a very cooperative, very fun, and team-based event if we allow it to be. Uh, there were definitely a lot of obstacles where I helped random people get up, and there was definitely obstacles where people randomly helped me. And I, you know, it, it's a very, it's a very fun feeling. Yeah, yeah. People would help me and you know give me high fives, give me words of encouragement. You know, I I, I definitely felt a little weird like trying to pump other people up because it's just not my personality. But it was nice, like you know, when I was especially in that last mile stretch after the uh after the river walk when i was running and i felt everything cramping there's a dude who was uh you know kind of running past everybody i guess he was in very very good shape and he was just high-fiving everybody giving people pats on the back saying like come on you got this like you know like we're almost there let's do this and i would say on any other day i'd be like this guy's fucking douchey but (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh man like I, i needed to hear that i needed to hear that so it was it was good and um yeah I, I i think this whole experience you know has been pretty remarkable i definitely inspired to to revisit you know how i how i feel about physical fitness how i take care of my body and really it's uh it's inspired me to do another one i i definitely want to do another one and i definitely want to train for the next one properly not just willy-nilly do, you know, 20, 20 minutes of cardio here or there and lift one weight a week or something. Like, it, there's definitely a a training regimen that I'm going to have to follow. All right. Well, any any final thoughts, Tan? I mean, I know you got another uh, – you got the Spartan Super coming up in a week. Have it, You want to share any thoughts on how you might have adjusted your game plan for that one or – no, no, I think uh, I, I set out to do exactly what I wanted to do, which was complete a sprint uh, or a Spartan race and do it with people who I really enjoy being with and who I love, which includes, you know, you, Emil, and, and my sister and my wife. Yay. It's, uh, it, <laughs> it's really, really good. It's fun. You know, and again, I uh, I don't do these races or I will not be doing these races just to uh, compete for time. It's really a, a secret agenda to be able to find a reason to exercise regularly uh, as we all get older and and past our prime. And and I can't think of a better way to do it than you know to get a shiny medal after a Spartan race. <laughs> that medal. Well, Tan, it's been awesome talking to you. And, and one thing before I forget, uh, shout out to your wife Helen, your sisters. Uh, Jennifer and Jessica for doing this with us. I mean, they were all 
very, very supportive, very, very helpful through this. And, uh, it was a really cool bonding experience with the, uh, with the Nguyen clan and kudos to your mom and dad for taking these awesome photos and making sure that I, uh, survived afterwards and got to my car safely. It was, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, thank you for being with us as well. And, uh, you know, if you ever sign up for a Spartan race of any sort, let me know and I'll see if I can put in my schedule too. Sounds good. All right, man. Take care. See ya. Madness. This is Sparta!